uh, the, the God who walks with us through every valley, even the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, that you are with us and that nothing formed against us will stand when we're held in your hands, Lord. Uh, we offer our hearts to you today and prepare ourselves to hear your word in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed and said, amen, amen. amen. It's so good to have you here today. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is, is Andy. For those of you I haven't had the opportunity to meet, I, I'd love to shake your hand and just say hi. Uh, after uh, worship service today, I, I don't have any place I have to run off and, and be to no other worship service. This is the last one of the morning, so uh, I'd love a, even just to, to visit with you for a little bit. But uh, uh, I'm privileged to be the senior pastor in this amazing church family, and, and uh, today we are, are uh, bringing to conclusion uh, a message series that we've been in for uh, a few weeks now called One Another. And um, it's really, uh, we've been exploring what it means to live life together in the church because uh, the reality is we cannot live out the Christian life in isolation. We, we absolutely need one another. Uh, if for no other reason than to live out the 27 different commandments in Scripture and the New Testament of, of the Scriptures uh, about uh, one another, uh, loving one another. We've been tackling some of the big ones, loving one another, encouraging one another, carrying one another's burdens. Last week, I taught a little bit about what it means to honor one another. And uh, along those lines, I, I, I want to... Um, just briefly honor someone that has, has really gone above and beyond uh, this past week, um, actually uh, for weeks leading up to this too, but you know what week this was, right? VBS week. This isn't just, we, we, this isn't just a new like worship set uh, that we've got here. Like uh, somebody's head is about to pop out of that little uh, uh, door. No, this, this, this was VBS week. Uh, many of you had kids or new kids who were a part of that. Many of you volunteered. Thank you so much. Uh, we had uh, welcomed uh, about an average of right around 130 kids uh, every day and another 60-plus volunteers every day. It was an amazing week, and a big thank you uh, needs to go out to our interim director of children's ministries, Lisa Rail, who uh, pulled it uh, together, organized uh, all kinds of volunteers. Things went off without a hitch. It was, it was amazing. She's really gone above and beyond these last couple of months preparing for VBS and also transitioning us uh, to a new director of children's ministries. And, uh, and so if you get to see Lisa on your way out, especially if you have kids and you're picking them up, uh, definitely just uh, honor her by giving her an extra uh, big thank you and, and let her just exhale and say, I can go home and rest now, no VBS next week. Uh, but but uh, uh, speaking of a new director of children's ministry, we are honored uh, to welcome uh, Sarah Bonensteel onto our staff team as of August 1st. Uh, Sarah, you, you may or may not know her, uh, her husband and kids, uh, husband Chris and kids, Ava and and uh, Jake have been a part of our congregation, members of the church, for uh, several years now. In fact, Sarah is uh, one of our first-step preschool teachers uh, here in the church, so she, we're already uh, familiar with her and her. And we were so confident in her abilities that we just threw her to the wolves right away. It's like, hey, we're starting you officially right in the middle of VBS week. Lisa was thrilled to have Sarah uh, come officially come on staff during VBS, but I might need to ask for Sarah's forgiveness uh, later. Uh, but in uh, all. Honesty, she was. Uh, uh, she's been. Uh, she was helping with VBS all week, even before she officially started on staff. But, but I thought that was a nice transition to our theme for today, our one another for today, which is uh, forgive one another. You, you may or may not know this. Uh, if if I'm about to just 
you know, break your rose-colored glasses. I apologize in advance, but uh, living the Christian life and community uh, in the church family, it is not all sunshine and rainbows. Uh, it isn't. It's not all about, it's not just loving one another and, oh, the encouragement we receive from one another and, and the carrying one another's burdens when things get too heavy to carry on our own or honoring one another. Oh, that's wonderful. It also means forgiving one another when we hurt one another. Uh, sometimes out of our pride, sometimes out of our callousness, sometimes out of our defensive attitudes, uh, sometimes in our just outright sin against one another. You heard our scripture passage, Nikki read it a, a little bit ago, get rid of all bitterness. Uh, or Did Andy read it? Who read it? Andy read it. Andy read it. Uh, uh, get rid of all bitterness and, and rage and anger and harsh words and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. In this scripture passage, we get a clear picture of what a major part of what it means to be a Christian, uh, especially as it relates to other followers of Jesus. And here it is. I, I encourage you uh, to follow along in your message notes. God forgives us and we forgive others. Can you say that with me? It's pretty simple. God forgives us we forgive others. This is, this is so foundational to what it means to live out the Christian life. Friends, Jesus taught it over and over and over again. He had a, a couple different uh, parables uh, where in the story, the, the ultimate theme comes across. Gosh, if, if we don't forgive others, then God doesn't forgive us. It is that serious. To Jesus, forgiving others was an essential, essential indicator of one's relationship with God. And, and that teaching of Jesus just continues on throughout the rest of the New Testament and in the life of the early church, uh, such that we, we get this instruction from Ephesians that we've already read. And uh, instead of harboring bitterness and anger and, and acting out in malice against one another when, when someone has hurt us or let us down, which, by the way, when we do that, we're, we're just kind of destroying ourselves uh, on the inside. You know, we, we are just, it just tears us up. But instead of that, we are to forgive because God forgave us. Now, I'm not going to go into depth on the, the rationale behind this, so why it is that, that God commands this. Um, I, I think we all kind of get it on a conceptual basis. If you've been around the church for any length of time, you, you kind of, you get, okay, God forgives us, we forgive others. That's, that's not rocket science, it's pretty straightforward. If, if you haven't been around the church for a while, just understand, that's, well, first of all, we're glad you're here, um, but, but understand, that's, that is foundational to the Christian life. God forgives us, we forgive others. And I think we get that. Uh, but, but instead, I, today, I wanna spend a little more time just getting practical. Um, uh, it's been my, my goal through this entire series, this one another series, so just to have something that is applicable that you can immediately take from here and begin applying or continue applying in your relationships with one another within the church or the broader body of Christ uh, beyond our local church. Uh, so in the rest of our time this morning, uh, I want to teach about two different types of forgiveness within the church. Two different ways that we are called to forgive one another within the body of Christ. And I want to emphasize that the message this morning uh, about forgiveness is, is 
all about forgiving within the church, forgiving other Christians, uh, other followers of Jesus. And if you have questions, if something from this message stirs something up in you and, and you are wrestling with how to forgive or whether you ought to forgive or what that looks like, somebody who is not a follower of Jesus, someone who does not claim to follow God, maybe someone that you work with or somebody uh, uh, in your family, uh, a neighbor, uh, just somebody in your life who has maybe offended, hurt you in in a way, and and you're not sure how to go about forgiving them. Uh, I I just want to encourage you, that's not what this message is about, Uh, but if it stirs something up in you, definitely shoot me an email or, or uh, uh, give me a call. Let, we can talk through that. Talk through maybe with a journey group leader. Um, uh, some of this applies, but not all of it in the same way. So I'm teaching uh, right now about the biblical mandate for Christians to forgive one another. That's where we're going. Sound good? Okay. Even if it's not, I'm going that way. Uh, first type of forgiveness within the church. We are called to extend forgiveness to one another for those, uh, to those who have offended or sinned against us. Uh, this type of forgiveness, really straightforward. This is what we think of when we think of forgiving one another. But, but the Bible, um, at least kind of in its instruction about forgiveness, uh, really kind of begins to lump these offenses into two, two different groupings. And I want to speak briefly about each because I think they require different approaches to for, in our forgiveness. Um, as you see in your message notes, I've lumped them into two different categories, which I didn't really do, the, the scriptures do, uh, into categories of faults, forgiving one another's faults, and forgiving one another's sins. Now, let, let's look at faults first. He, here are a couple of passages which uh, we can uh, reflect on. The, the first comes from the same chapter uh, of Ephesians, just at the very beginning of that chapter. Uh, Lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Here's the key phrase. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. Here's another passage instruction to um, a different different early church in a different area. Uh, You must make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Making allowance for each other's faults. Uh, Sometimes it's translated bearing with one another. Um, And it is both similar and different from forgiving someone who has sinned against you. Uh, Because faults and sins are are different. Here, I'm going to try to distinguish between the two right now. Uh, Faults... Uh, are, are those things about people that just drive us nuts. They, they irritate us. Uh, sometimes just making our life and our relationships more difficult. Uh, faults can be uh, just differences in communication style, where you're each talking, you're each uh, you know, trying to make things work, but you're like ships in the night. You, just, it doesn't, you, you don't meet up. Um, it, it could be uh, shortcomings, uh, and in a person's uh, maturity or, or just a life stage development. For instance, uh, maybe a person isn't very empathetic. That's not sin, uh, but it sure does make l- living in relationship with somebody a little more difficult, doesn't it? Uh, or, you know, it could be uh, uh, differences in the way we approach a problem. 
Uh, it, it could be any variety of things that are related to personality. It could be related to somebody's background. Uh, but, but it's not sin. It, it's just some of people's stuff. Uh, that's, that's what faults are. Now, sins, on the other hand, are actual transgressions, uh, trespasses uh, of God's word. Uh, that when, when we dishonor someone, or we slander, or gossip, or disrespect someone, that, that is sin. Uh, when we deceive, or belittle, or intentionally seek to harm someone uh, for any reason, then that is sin. When, when we are so selfish that we are, are unable to serve one another, that, that it comes out of a rootedness of sin at work within us. Now, uh, forgiving faults and forgiving sins are, are, are similar. We approach them similarly in the way that we deal with them internally. Uh, when we forgive... Uh, regardless of whether it's a fault or a sin, when we forgive, we first have to start in, in our own hearts. We must internally choose not to uh, seek retribution or, or use that offense against us as a weapon against the other person. Uh, we, we must internally choose not to bring up that offense uh, with other people as a way to have other people look down on that person or to win them to our side against their side. Uh, we, we're not to approach things that way. We, we, must, we have to internally choose uh, not to dwell on uh, faults or sins committed uh, against us uh, or uh, harbor ill will in our heart or, or or carry anger or bitterness or, or a desire for justice uh, uh, against somebody. Uh, regardless of whether this is a fault or a sin, we, we have to go through the same internal work first. Uh, but the, then, though externally, there is a real difference in the way that we handle uh, forgiving a fault as opposed to forgiving a sin. Um, in, in the passages I just shared, it talks about making allowance for a fault or bearing with each other's faults. For, forgiving in that sense means, oftentimes, it means just letting it go. It, it, it means uh, just giving the person a pass, recognizing that, wow, that, you know, they're, we're different people. We approach things differently. I, I'm not going to hold that against them. I'm just going to let, let it go and recognize, okay, in dealing with this person, I just have to maybe speak a different language or listen a different way. Or, um, it, it's, it's letting things go to acknowledge that we're all imperfect. We all have different personality styles. We approach things differently. And sometimes that causes miscommunication. Sometimes our different backgrounds sometimes cause offense. But, but we're one in Christ, and we can let those things slide because they're not transgressions, sins against us. Now, uh, when you're in close-knit community with somebody, even faults are worth talking through from time to time, uh, just, just to help communication go better, to help in understanding one another. But the way that you approach them um, in an external way is, is so different than when you approach uh, transgressions that are sin against somebody. Uh, it, it's, it's more of a, a seeking understanding and, and building intimacy that way than it is uh, what I'm about to share. Uh, so so let's, let's look at uh, a scripture passage that deals with how to externally forgive someone 
who has actually sinned against you, who has transgressed God's word in your direction. Uh, so this is Jesus speaking um, in Matthew chapter 18. Um, and maybe you've heard this instruction before. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the fault. Now, just, just for understanding purposes, fault here is different than fault in, in the other uh, passages that I just shared. Totally different uh, Greek word that is translated into our word fault. So this is, this is a deed of sin, fault. Um, so if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If that person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. If the church decides you are right, but the other person won't accept it, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Now, in this case, forgiving one another externally, it re re requires some sort of actual response, something we have to do, at least according to Jesus here, right? Uh, uh, There are some assumptions here uh, Jesus is making within the body of Christ. We, we are assuming that you're, you, you are safe to go to a person. If you are putting yourself in harm's way or danger, don't, don't listen to this. But within the body of Christ, that shouldn't be the case. Um, and, and so uh, Jesus is talking about uh, talking through the offense, pointing out the sin and its effects. Uh, my lovely wife, Amy Jo, did this for me just a couple days ago. Uh, she's you can imagine, in um, uh, marriage relationships, several of these types of circumstances. Well, uh, she, she helped me out, uh, pointed out some sin in, in my life, just even on Friday afternoon. Um, i give you the background story. I was a little bit prickly on Friday. Uh, if you don't believe me, talk to her. Uh, she's right over there. Uh, I, I was just short with everybody in the house. Uh, I was just kind of jumping on the kids for every little thing that they weren't doing correctly. I was uh, just short, uh, responding harshly. Uh, I, I was really, uh, truthfully, just, you know, really being a jerk. Uh, I, you know, just n not in defense, but I, I think I realized after the fact, looking back, that, that I, w I was really tired, and I, I really needed some alone time that I wasn't getting, and, um, and I was just letting every little thing get under my skin. And, and Amy Jo... Uh, called me on it. Um, she confronted me. And, and after internally fuming for a bit, um, not, not too long in this case, but for a bit, uh, um, I went, I, I knocked on the bedroom door and uh, because she had gone into the bedroom to avoid being around me. And, uh, I, and, and I knocked on the bedroom door and, and I just said, hon, you are 100% right. I, I, I'm on edge. I don't know why. Uh, but I'll work extra hard to get over it and, and because I really want to be pleasant. And I asked her to forgive me, and whew, she, she did. Uh, she forgave me, and at least according to the scripture passage, she won me back. Now, things don't always go so smoothly, either in our marriage or, or in just real life for other people. Sometimes you can approach and confront sin in somebody else's behavior or problems, and they do not respond well, not even just after a moment of boiling inside. But it's, it takes a long while, maybe days, weeks. They just will not 
uh, acknowledge it or, or seek repentance or ask for forgiveness or recognize their sin. Um, and so Jesus says, in those circumstances, bring two or three others who can witness to that behavior and, and point the person back. And, and if, they, if that still doesn't go well, then take it to the leadership of the church. And if the leadership of the church can't, can't help resolve that, then, then you are to relate to that person as if they are not a part of the community of faith. Now, that doesn't mean to be mean to them or to excommunicate them or to uh, you know, ostracize them in any way, shape, or form. I mean, heck, if you look at it, how, Jesus says treat them as a pagan or a tax collector. Well, how did Jesus treat pagans and tax collectors? And just look at the witness of the scriptures. He treated them with love and respect and, and, and was very courteous and did everything he could to love them and win them to following him. What, what this means is that you don't expect them to live under the same authority as, as if they were a part of a covenant, the covenant community of Christ followers. Uh, they're, they're not claiming it. They're, they're not claiming to live under the authority of of God's word, and so you're just kind of, you're, you're treating them that way, uh, as someone who's not willing to submit to the authority of, of living under God's word in covenant community within the church. Um, they're just playing by a different set of rules, and that doesn't mean that you're mean to them or harsh to them, it just means you acknowledge it, you know that going in, and so treat them in that way. In, in the first century church, in, in a place called Corinth, uh, there were some believers who were not practicing what Jesus taught here. But instead, they, they took their offenses, their sins against one another, they took them to the, to the, the civil authorities. A in other words, they sued each other, and they were letting the Roman judges handle their dispute. And the Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he reprimanded them for, for not following Jesus' commands about how to handle their, their sins against one another. In fact, said, in fact, Paul said, he said it would actually be better if the Christian who was wronged uh, was just, just let it be and, and accepted being cheated by another person than it would be to take it to those who aren't followers of Jesus to, to figure out the dispute between them. Um, and he, he, he shared that it would not be a, a good witness to the world around them to have Christians not being able to work out their problems uh, within Christian community. And he, he is so right. I mean, if we can't deal with each other's sins against one another in a healthy way and with integrity, then, then the result is disunity in the church and a bad name from outside the church. It is best to deal with, with our issues with one another directly and with integrity. And this, this goes for on the small individual level, it goes on the much bigger level uh, within denominations and and uh, you know churches um, with each other, and uh, but that's what it means um, to forgive one another's sins uh, and and one another's faults. Um, but there's a totally different aspect to forgiving one another that that we don't talk about nearly as often. That I want to spend a little bit of time on this morning, the rest of our time. And that is offering forgiveness as ambassadors of Jesus. This is less intuitive when we think about forgiving one another, and yet I believe if we can put this into practice as a church, we would all experience deeper levels of, 
of community with one another, deeper levels of intimacy with God, and, and deeper levels of healing. Um, let me start with Jesus' words to his disciples. Uh, these come after Jesus was crucified on the cross, um, uh, after he resurrected, but before he ascended into heaven. These were some of his final instructions. Um, so it, it's pretty important. John chapter 20. Jesus spoke to the disciples again, and he said this. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them, and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now hear these words. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you refuse to forgive them, they are unforgiven. Oh, well, what does this mean? Sins we forgive are forgiven, but sins we refuse to forgive are unforgiven? Well, here's some of what I think this means, and its implications are profound for us within the church. Um, get this. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have surrendered your heart to him and received his grace and his mercy, and you have received the forgiveness of God, uh, then uh, you also have received the gift of Jesus' very own spirit in your life. It's as if Jesus breathed on you and said, receive the Holy Spirit the same way that he did to the disciples here. You, you have received Jesus' Holy Spirit. And uh, along with his spirit, you've received all the authority of his spirit. In other words, you have become the embodiment of Jesus in this world. It might freak you out a little bit, uh, but you have a pretty important role in this world. Uh, it is significant. You're an embodiment of, of Jesus. The, the, the word Christian literally means little Christ. Uh, and, and so you are like a little Christ in this world. You are an ambassador of Jesus. And, and as an ambassador of Jesus in this world, you are to be about what Jesus was about. And part of what Jesus was about was forgiving others. Therefore, you and I are to forgive each other in the name of Jesus Christ. Get this, not just for sins that are committed against you, but for all sins, for, for all transgressions. We are to forgive one another in the name of Jesus Christ. That is powerful stuff. But what sins can you forgive? All right, now we're talking. Uh, you and I can only forgive sins for others in the name of Jesus Christ that have been confessed to us. This is the way it works with God. Uh, a great passage to commit to memory is 1 John chapter 1, uh, verse 9. If we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just and will forgive us all of our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, he is faithful and just and will forgive us. The same thing with us. You can't forgive in the name of Jesus what has not been confessed. Um, now, that, uh, that doesn't mean that you, you can still forgive what people have sinned against you, even if they don't confess it. You can still forgive that, but, but this part of forgiveness you can't do unless somebody confesses and then you 
forgive in the name of Jesus. That's why in the book of James, we're told, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. When we confess our sins to each other and then receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ from one another, then there can be great healing in our lives. And that, that is that is powerful stuff. That, that, that's, we're just starting to dabble in, in really living our lives for Jesus when we get to a point like this. And, and there's no going back when you start to experience. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've sat across from somebody and they have confessed some deep, dark junk to me. Stuff that has held them back, that has just burdened them either stuff that they're living in presently or some, in some cases, stuff that has been from the way past. Uh, stuff that, that they have held onto as a secret that they have kept from everybody else in their world and it has just held them back and it's been like chains on them. And then when I am able to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven Friends, what happens after that? It's, it's like chains start to get broken and, and real healing can start to take place like guilt and shame start to uh, be able to be washed away in somebody's life. Real life transformation can begin to happen. And that is what we are all called to do for one another. Not just me as a pastor, but each of us is called to do that, to be that for one another, to confess to one another and to forgive one another of our sins in the name of Jesus. Let us not withhold that gift from each other. Uh, let me just ask you, I mean, can you imagine a church, a faith community that, that is faithful in doing that for each other? I mean, can you imagine the, the spiritual breakthroughs? I mean, I'm just imagining them now. It's getting me all messed up. Uh, can you imagine the, the spiritual breakthroughs that can happen in somebody's life when, when first of all, they, they know that there is a community of faith that they can confess that stuff to, but then also to, to actually experience the forgiveness of God coming through flesh and blood in their direction. Can you just imagine the brokenness that can begin to be healed and, and how transformation can begin to take place? Friends, that is the church that Jesus envisioned. I mean, I, most of us, we just haven't experienced that. I, I don't know if it's just American culture, Western culture, this individualistic thing that we got going on. I, I don't know if it's just uh, a sense of shame that's built into us that, that we just don't get over the hump with each other and really confess. I, maybe, maybe it's that we just really haven't experienced forgiveness from God such that 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 we know we are in freedom to, to share our brokenness and be vulnerable about it. I don't know what it is, but, but so many of us, we just, care, we just carry it ourselves. And, and we don't, you know, we might talk about it with God and we know that we're forgiven, but gosh, we're not living like we're forgiven. And part of that is because we haven't shared it in community and experienced God's forgiveness come through flesh and blood to one another. Now, I hope that we can live into that kind of community into the future as, as, a, as a part of this church family, as a part of your journey group, 
uh, as, as a part of, of Troy UMC. And so here are a couple of reflection questions that, that I hope that you can, can reflect on and, and pray about and, and apply right away in your life. First, is there someone that you need to forgive uh, within the body of Christ, a, a fellow Christ follower that you need to forgive? Is there someone who has sinned against you or who has offended you through their, their faults, their stuff? If so, do the internal work of forgiveness first. Let, let go of your right for retribution and justice. Do the external work as it is necessary. Maybe giving them a pass and just recognizing this is just, this, this is just a fault. This is just our, our differences. Or, or maybe to do the external work of, of approaching that person lovingly um, uh, about the sin committed against you. Is there someone you need to forgive? But let me also ask you to reflect on this one. Is is there something that you need to confess and receive forgiveness for? I, have you been holding on to a secret? Something that, that is just, has been those chains in your life. Maybe you, you've, you've just kind of hit a spiritual plateau. Like you're just not experiencing real transformation in your life. Maybe because there's some stuff that's been holding you back. Um, maybe it's this. Is there something that has to come out? for healing to begin. You don't have to confess to everyone. I know you're anxious just to stand up right now and start confessing your sin to everyone here. I commend you for that feeling and desire, but, but don't do it now. Uh, you don't have to confess to everybody, but to somebody. Maybe a trusted friend within the church, maybe a, a journey group leader, or, or, uh, or, or maybe, depending on what it is, some uh, somebody on, on the pastoral staff of the church. Not, not because you have to. You, you don't have to confess to, to others. You've already made, made your relationship right with God through confession. Not because you have to, but because your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ have been given the Holy Spirit's power to offer forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ to you, to help you be set free from that sin and to begin the healing work um, uh, of the brokenness that that sin has caused in your life. Confess to experience the healing power of the words in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In fact, that's what we're going to do right now as we celebrate Holy Communion together. Um, if you're a regular part of this worship service, you might not know that it is a, a part of our um, United Methodist liturgy uh, to share in, in some uh, liturgical responses at the beginning of, of celebrating the Lord's Supper together. Um, in the traditional worship services, we do this just about every month when we celebrate communion together. Uh, sometimes we do it down here, and we're going we're to do it now. So some, uh, a liturgical response is going to appear on the screen. There, I have a part, you guys have a part, but whether you're familiar with this or not, don't just read the words. Let, let these words soak in. They are exactly what I've just been teaching about in, in forgiving one another in the name of Jesus Christ. So here your invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another.
Join in this part. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, hear the good news. Christ has died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. This is what Jesus was getting at on that, that final night that he got to share with his disciples uh, before he went to the cross. When he took a loaf of bread and broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Every time you get together, eat it and remember me. Likewise, after the meal, he took a cup and after giving Thanks to God for it, he gave it to his friends, his followers, his disciples, and he said, this is my blood which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you get together, eat it, drink it, and remember me. And would you pray with me, please? Lord God Almighty, we just pray once again that you would breathe your Holy Spirit on us every one of us gathered here, and on these gifts of, simple gifts really, of bread and juice, would you make them become for us powerful symbols of your body broken for us and your blood shed for us that, that we might be forgiven and experience oneness with you. Lord, make us one with you. Make us one with each other. And make us one in ministry to all the world until you come again, Jesus, and we feast, all of us, at your heavenly banquet table. All honor and glory are yours, almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, both now and forever. Amen. With those who are helping to serve communion, would you...